This is the Self-Help Place podcast, the show that provides real self-help for everyone. Created and hosted by Dan Dyson. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Self-Help Place podcast. This is episode 21, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about meditation and more specifically how it works and why it's essential to practice. So I'm going to jump right into it today. So what actually is meditation? You see that everywhere. You see it talked about, you know, the old yogis of the ancient days and the the mystics you get in India and stuff, and they're sitting in that lotus position and they're, they're... they're just eyes shut and sat there for a while and it's all mystic and wonderful and all that and then more and more now we're talking about mindfulness over here in western culture and uh, why it's important and what what this is i think the best way to describe what meditation is is by telling you what it isn't because i find that a lot of people i know in my life have a very poor understanding of what meditation is and what it means to be meditating. And the most common thing I hear, and you you might think this yourself, is that to meditate is to sit with your eyes closed and empty your mind of all thoughts. And that probably couldn't be a more harmful view of what meditation is. Meditation is not about clearing your mind of all thoughts and emotions and just being this mindless robot that just sits there for 20 minutes. It's not about becoming a different person, a new person, a better quote-unquote person. It's not about that. All it is, and meditation as a definition, is a practice and a training that trains you in awareness and getting a healthy or healthier sense of perspective. So again, you're not trying to turn off thoughts or feelings, it or it's just observation. And it's about seeing things a little bit deeper and a bit closer And through that, you get a better understanding of yourself and the world. So it's almost like a little fast track catalyst into focusing and understanding a perspective of what you are and what the world is. So let's dive a little bit deeper. Now, you may have this perspective and it's something I've heard from a lot of people. And also it's something I thought myself until I practiced it. Meditation looks a bit pointless, doesn't it? Because you see people sat with their eyes closed for 20 minutes at a time and then they explain all these benefits and you think, you're doing nothing. Like, what good comes out of sitting down, closing your eyes and doing nothing? And the reason we have that perspective is because, you know, in our modern lives, result comes from an action. It comes from doing something that leads to a result. And that's natural. You know, you go to work, you get paid. You you start a conversation with someone that leads to something else. It's always doing something leads to something else. So, of course, it's completely natural to to think that doing nothing leads to absolutely no result. You're just sitting there. You're being lazy almost. You just sat there. But have you ever actually tried to sit and do nothing? Very, very difficult to do. And I don't mean sit and do nothing as in sit and watch TV because you're doing something. You're technically watching TV. I mean sit and do nothing like truly nothing, no distractions, no anything, you'll find it's very, very hard to actually do because you just get bored straight away or you feel like you should be doing something else. I remember watching a TV show with the chef Gordon Ramsay and he was trying meditation with this Buddhist monk. And it was it was just funny to watch because he, he just didn't quite understand the concept. He was just there and he didn't see the point of it. And you saw the camera showed him just looking at his watch every now and again. He just physically couldn't be with himself because he just felt there's just too many other things to be doing and feel like it was a waste of time. And if you feel that way, and if you see meditation, you think, what's that? That's completely understandable. 
But let me tell you this. Have you ever had it when you've been a bit overloaded with work or you've just, you've got, you're just having a day where you've just got too much in your head and you just take a walk? What happens when you get back from that walk? Don't you just feel so much clearer, clear-minded, you just feel more relaxed and things like that? That's because you've switched off. You've gone on the walk and it's just been you and nature. Or you might be listening to music, but you what essentially you're doing is just leaving it all behind and just focusing on something else. And if it's something as simple and natural as nature, for example, that's why the best way to get clear your head is take a walk in nature you'll find you just you just come back and everything's just more simple and straightforward and your thoughts are not all over the place. So that's actually a meditation in itself. And you will find actually, without realising, you do meditation on a daily basis. You just don't know it. Like, have you ever had it in a work task or even any task you're doing, you're just so focused on that task that you just don't seem to notice anything else. And there was that wonderful kind of peaceful one-pointed focus feeling. And I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's when you're just totally focused and you're totally in one thing. It's almost like, not to get too deep here, but it's almost like there's no difference between you and the task you're doing, you just become one with the task. And again, <laughs> I don't like to go too much into saying things like that because again, the Hollywood movies they depict these meditative, you know, meditation mystics as like some, you know, one with the universe and stuff like that. But we've we've all at some point experienced this kind of one-pointed focus with something, and it gives us that kind of feeling of peace uh, within us. All the meditation practices is, as it says, it's a practice of that. And the the point of it is to build that focus, that awareness, that being in the present and not letting your mind and emotions get carried away on this river current of all the things that happen in our lives. And what it allows us to do is give us greater control. Control over what? Control of our reactions to things. If you were to think of meditation as anything, it's to gain a greater perspective, control, and to teach us to not react so quickly to things before we actually know what they are. Have you ever had it when sometimes you've just woken up and then half of the day you're in a bad mood and you've no idea and can't remember why? Chances are there would have been a process that got you to that mood in your head in the first place and it's been so subtle and insignificant you actually have no idea how. The point is, is that after you do some practice of meditation, one of the benefits of that is you're able to, if you keep this awareness about you, you're able to see things that could lead to that and you start to see it a bit more deeply. And this is how letting go works, which is something I've mentioned in other podcasts. You see that, oh, that leads to that, which I don't want and nothing good comes out of it. So you naturally let it go. Letting go is not a willful thing. It's something that happens naturally when you realize there's no good to come out one particular thing. And as per a previous podcast, I will go through an analogy. And I think it's one of the best ways to explain the benefits of meditation. So Picture this situation, you wake up in the morning, you're starving, you're really hungry, but you remember, oh, I've got some leftovers from dinner last night in the fridge, and it's, think about your favourite meal, it might be a pizza, it might be something else that you have leftover, you can just heat up and eat again, brilliant, so you go downstairs, you open the fridge, you look in the fridge, and you see these leftovers at the back of the fridge, and they look amazing, it's just like there, it's almost glistening at you, it's just inviting you to take it out. So you take it out the fridge and you think, oh, I can't wait for this. You're hungry. You're really feeling that you really want it. Then you start to notice something. So what happens is you look closer at the plate and you see it's covered in maggots and it's rotting and it's grimy. And you're, I mean, you're amazed about how quickly this food's gone off from last night. But uh, also the fact that you just think, 
what the heck is this? This is not what I thought it was. So what do you do with that food? Do you just carry on eating it? Do you just sit it down and still enjoy it just as much as it was? Or do you throw it away? You throw it away straight away, don't you? Because, because, and key point here, there is no good that will come out of eating that. It's going to taste horrible. It's going to make you sick, most likely. And it's just not going to be any good for anybody. But in our minds, it kind of works the same way. You'll be amazed how much metaphorical rotten food we actually take and ingest and we feel horrible and we've no idea why the point of meditation is to recognize what food's rotten because at first glance like the food when you first took it out the fridge it doesn't look too bad it looks great it looks like you'll actually really enjoy it but when you look at it a bit closer you start to realize actually this doesn't help in any way that i think is the essence of meditation it's to really focus and look with a microscope of what's going on in your head So that answers the question of why meditation is essential. It's because it allows you to have greater control of your inner workings. And of course, your inner workings directly relate to your outer experiences and the decisions you make and things you do. And overall, it it does allow inner peace to arrive. That's a that arise even that's that's another inner peace is a very very overused word you know it's used in hollywood a bit too much like i'll oh, develop inner peace and these masters in the mountains but again inner peace is just being everything's just okay you're in control of things and it, it it's fine you know and that again is 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 what meditation is about it's developing that peace within yourself so that's the that's the uh question of why it's essential let's now look at how you do it so i'm going to teach you a little meditation you can start with if you're brand new to meditation this is a very very good exercise to try and even if you're not even if you have had meditation sessions in the past it's always and you want to just kind of revise the basics then this is a good one to try as well so meditation practice is usually done by most practitioners twice a day so once in the morning, once in the evening. It can be any other time. It can even be practiced in place like a public transport on the way to work or something. Um, it can be practiced anywhere, really. But the best place to really practice is to find a quiet spot somewhere in your home where you, you, you'll be disturbed the least and you'll be able to sit there for the t- the duration without any kind of major distractions. And again, Twice a day is is usually the recommendation. If you want to just get started out, you can just try it once a day. It's important to do meditation daily. I'll explain a bit more about that a little later on uh, because it develops this equilibrium. It's a consistency. Meditation requires consistency. Otherwise, it's just all over the place because what it does, it's a skill. It's a muscle that you build to be stronger and stronger and stronger in observation. So how do we start? So the first thing to start is attitude. So most things we do in life, we're usually trying to get a result out of it. Meditation is not one of those things. And again, it's a mistake I've made is that I went into meditation going, right, I'm going to meditate now because when I come out of it, I'm going to be more peaceful. And then I come out of meditation and I don't feel more peaceful. And I feel like I failed or I haven't done it right. There is no winning or losing in meditation. Meditation just is. All it's concerned about is being present and just accepting everything that comes. So there's no winning, there's no losing. And as I go a bit more into the process of how to do it, I'll explain why it's not a winning-losing game. So just know the fact that you're sitting to practice is already a winner in itself. 
There is no such thing really as a bad meditation. Meditation is meditation. It's a practice. So what is this practice? So an overview of what you do in meditation is you focus on an object and anytime you get distracted, you just practice gently bringing your attention back to that object. And that's it. A lot of, It's a lot harder than it sounds. Sorry, way harder than it sounds. But that's why it's a practice. You build that skill of bringing your attention back. So to start with, um, just try You can do this for five or ten minutes. Find a place where you won't be disturbed for that time. Now, um, choose a comfortable seating position and you don't have to put your legs in all other ways like the lotus position like, you know, yoga practitioners do. I definitely don't. You know, I've been doing meditation on and off for over 10 years and <laughs> my legs are still about as unflexible as anything or inflexible. I think it's the right term for that. So you can find a chair to sit on. Essentially, what you want to be doing is sitting upright where you're not like slouching or, you know, leaning back into a chair because again, that there are obstacles to medication, uh, medication, meditation even. And one of those uh, obstacles is slack. So it's like a laziness almost where, you know, you're lying in a really comfy bed and you're trying to meditate, you just fall asleep. So you have to just be upright, you have to be relaxed, but in a position that allows you to be alert. So I would just sit on the chair with no backrest and just keep my back as straight as possible. I know for um, some people it's not always possible to do that. Just find any kind of position that allows you to be the most alert. Okay, so once you've got your sitting position, close your eyes and pick an object to focus on. To begin with, I recommend, I mean, a, a Buddhist meditation practice I do is what's called Anapanasati, which means uh, mindfulness of the breath. And it is just a breathing meditation. So what you do, you sit, you close your eyes and you focus on your breath. The breath itself is hard to focus on individually. So what you do, you observe the breath through a body part. So um, the two I usually do is I would focus on my abdomen rising and falling. And you can try that now. If you just breathe in, you'll notice your abdomen going out. And when you breathe out, you'll notice it going in. So all you're doing is focusing on the sensation of your ab abdomen rising and falling with each breath. Uh, what I tend to do most, though, is I just focus on the sensation through my nostrils of the air going in and out. So when, my, when I breathe in, the air is quite kind of cold. And then when I breathe out eh, through my nose, uh, the sensation is quite warm so I just focus on that sensation and that's literally all you do for five ten minutes so of course set a timer for five ten minutes however long you want to try and do if you're absolutely new and you just or you just want to try it while listening to this podcast or after this podcast is finished you can just try a quick five minutes set an alarm on your phone and make sure it's not like a beep 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 beep, beep like really really sudden wake up just do like a gentle one I think in most phones you can do, or you can just link it up to Spotify or even have like a gentle wake-up sound. I think most phones are built in to have nice little gentle wake-up tunes. So, But that just helps. It just doesn't bring you straight out of it. Um, I mean, whatever works for you, really, but that's what I recommend. So now you're going to start meditation. So once you hit that timer, you close your eyes, you focus on whatever sensation allows you to focus on your breath, and then that's when you start. First thing to remember here is there is no winning or losing a meditation. There is actually no such thing as a bad meditation because it's all about being focusing and being present as much as possible. You know, you will, and I'll tell you now, it's going to happen. You will get distracted. You will lose focus. You'll forget about your breath. You'll see a thought and you'll go off with it. And you'll, I mean, I've gone through whole movie plots in my head sometimes and I've gone, oh man, I've just been thinking about something else. 
that's absolutely fine. You haven't failed. You haven't messed up. It's 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 not like any other thing you do. When we when we're in the world, we do things usually for a particular result. So we perform an action or do something, and then that's usually for a result. And there's a wrong way to do it. There's a right way to do it, etc. Meditation is different. Exclude meditation from that scenario. So the fact that you're doing meditation is successful. So don't worry about that too much. So you sit there, you focus as much as you can and just relax, breathe in, breathe out, focus on that sensation wherever it is. And the, the reason why meditation is a practice is because you're supposed to get distracted. That's the whole point. You get distracted and then when you realize you're distracted, you've woken up. That's absolutely fine. You've just gone, oh, I'm focusing on something else. And then, very, very important to do this gently, just gently bring your attention back to the breath. If your mind wanders off 10 times, bring it back to the breath 10 times. If it wanders off a thousand times, then bring it back a thousand times. No matter how much your mind gets distracted, just bring it back. That's the whole point. Meditation is a skill, it's a practice, it's a muscle you build. And when you first start out, it's quite actually quite difficult. You'll notice five, ten minutes feels like an eternity because you're just doing, well, like we said, it's like you're doing nothing. You're not really doing anything that is engaging and making the time pass. You are focused in the present on what's going on as something as natural as the breath. And, you know, it, it's very, very easy to get distracted because you're not used to that kind of thing before. So be patient with yourself. Be understanding of yourself. And I'm saying this from my own experience because I started meditation in the worst way possible. I was trying to, I, I thought that meditation was all about emptying your thoughts and you couldn't think anything. And as soon as I thought of something, oh no, it's unsuccessful. No, go away. And I was trying to force everything out of my head. Honestly, I think if there was any bad way to do meditation, I said there's no bad, no such thing as a bad meditation. I think that's the definition because that's not meditation. That is you trying to empty your mind and all you're doing, it's like doing that, forcing thoughts out of your head or thinking that your thoughts have to be absent. It's like that water with an iron. You just, all you're going to do is hit the water and make more ripples and it's just going to be worse. What happens with, you know, lakes and any kind of pools or puddles of water uh, when you leave them alone? They settle, they settle on their own, don't they? You have to leave them alone. The dirt sinks to the bottom and they just become still. Exactly the same with our heads, you know, in our, in our minds. We have to, you know, we have to leave it alone and just be okay with it. And you may notice that you, like like myself, I had a habit of beating myself up, up quite often. So that also came into the meditation, which can be quite harmful. So, and, it, and it's okay, you know, even that essentially is a distraction. So when you think, oh man, I've been distracted by a thought, that's another distraction. You start to notice a relationship there. Anything that comes up, you start like a dual analysis. You'll think, oh, I was distracted. Oh, I can't believe I was distracted. I failed. That's still a thought. You're still in the same thought. And all you have to do is go, okay, that's fine. Bring it back to the breath. And that's not just thoughts. That's feelings as well. Um, me as a musician, I would always get songs in my head. They're fine. Don't try and get rid of them. Just let them play. Just remember to try and keep your focus back on your breath. And it's difficult to do. It is hard. You'll find it very hard at first. And you might not see any quote-unquote results. And this is what you've got to get out of your head, is that it comes with a result. Uh, because, essentially, if you keep trying to get a result, you'll be disappointed. Because this isn't some kind of processed food that is supposed to be... This isn't a McDonald's burger that's going to be... You expect to be the same each time and get the same result. You're going to meditation. You'll do a 10-minute meditation... 
and you could come out feeling completely fresh and peaceful and empty and you'll think it's great then you might come out of uh, then you might come out of meditation and you'd feel no different from when you went in you still did the practice absolutely fine but there are there will just be some days where you're just more distracted and have more things in your head than others but the point of meditation as a skill is to keep consistently practicing it enough for you to build it to the point where you know you'll get to the point where with over practice over time you'll see this you'll get distracted and then you can pull it back in a much shorter space of time and that is literally all there is to it to meditation and you just keep practicing and you, you do start with doing five ten minutes then you extend to 15 then 20 minutes then 25 then 30 and you just keep going on and a good practice i was actually told by um, a teacher i was taught by ajahn manapo a buddhist monk um, he said the best for, I think, for lay people, people who aren't monks, uh, ordinary practitioners like you and me, to do two one-hour sessions per day, which does sound like a lot, but you actually break that down, in the tradition I was taught anyway, you break that down into two different types of meditation, and the second type is what I'm going to talk about next. So I've already mentioned sitting meditation, but uh, I'm now going to go on to walking meditation. Walking meditation for me works better because meditation practice and the object you choose, there's so many different types of meditation. I'm just choosing ones that I know, but there's all sorts of different levels and objects you can focus on. There's mantras, etc. Uh, but this is to kind of get you started. These are like the very, very simple objects of meditation. So you've got the breathing. The next meditation is the walking meditation. So for me, I have a tendency to be quite restless, which is actually quite an obstacle to meditation a lot of the time. So walking meditation just does just break that up with the sitting meditation. So I might do, you know, if you're a beginner, you could do five minutes of sitting meditation, then five minutes of walking, or I'd say 10 minutes each, and then that gives you 20 minutes, which is not bad actually for a beginner. So let's look at walking meditation then. Same kind of concept, except of course, you start standing, and instead of focusing on the breath, you're focusing on your footsteps. So there's a, I will link in the description um, a way to do walking meditation, which I found recently, and it pretty much describes it uh, very, very well. Now, you, the good thing about walking meditation is that you can actually do this anywhere. I, I, you can do it in a park. I've done walking meditation in, or in my own house. I've done it in monasteries. I've done it on a cruise ship when I was working on, like on the front of a cruise ship. You can do this anywhere. And so you start by standing, and... Again, you can set a timer for, say, 10 minutes if you're just starting. And what happens is you take tiny steps forward. So basically, you take, starting with your right foot, uh, you, when you normally walk, you would do like heel first, and then that would like curl around to your heel coming off and then your toe coming off like a normal walk. But keep your feet as straight as possible, almost in a, in a weird way, kind of like a penguin walk. You kind of just lift your foot and then bring it. Don't, don't waddle crazily, but like, I think you know what I mean. Um, and you just bring your foot forward by half your other foot's length. So when you bring your right foot forward, um, the halfway point of your right foot should meet the toe of your left foot. So you're only taking like half a step forward, but half a foot, basically. If I, I, was, I was trying to overcomplicate it then, but, you know, it's just half a foot forward. And the reason why these tiny steps is that you can take more steps to focus on. So as you're stepping, putting your right foot forward, you, you, you're not closing your eyes this time. You're keeping your uh, your gaze lower, just, just ahead of you. And you say, right goes thus. And 
when you say right, you lift your foot up. When you say goes, you put your foot forward. And then when you say thus, you put your foot down. So you go right foot goes thus. And then you do the other side. Left goes thus. And you just start walking. Now, the best, I think, the best length of time you walk for is about 50 feet. Now, that's quite a big distance. And if you don't have that, like I don't, I tend to pick around, um, do it as, as in like a, a short space, basically, a short space of walking, about 10, 20 foot or so, if you can, to start with, just to get used to it, as that will just get you good to be used to it. And what happens is you, you usually like put a little, little point. So like you might put like a, a hoodie or you might put like a water bottle on the end as to your stop point and all you do is you're walking along and you're just focusing on the sensation of lifting your foot moving it and putting it back down again you notice that the the sensation of when the soles of your feet touch the floor it's best to do this barefoot if you can if not don't worry just just focus on the foot inside the shoe and you're just keeping your focus on the sensation of your feet and legs walking along same thing with distractions if you feel a distraction that's fine just say just label it as it is and then come back to your walking there will be times I will mention this here that in sitting and in walking where you feel like your thoughts are just a bit too much and you just cannot seem to quell them stop for a second just look around take a few deep breaths and then go back to it what I also recommend doing is when you are distracted and sometimes you might be distracted for a while and then you wake up and go oh I'm distracted Bring it back to your objects, your breath or your walking. But then also take a very deep breath in to almost reward yourself. Give, give yourself a refreshing deep breath to reward yourself on coming back. Because what you're trying to get your mind to do is realize the rewards in coming back to the object in the first place. And if you give yourself a nice deep breath, it kind of like gives you a bit more of an incentive to return back to your meditation object. But again, there will be just days where you feel like you just cannot focus at all. And that's absolutely fine. You're still doing a good meditation practice by doing the meditation. But there will just be days where... And it's very natural to feel like you failed in a meditation somehow. Because you might notice, oh, the day before I was able to focus really well. And then this and today I just can't focus at all. But again, that's you comparing it to a normal worldly thing you would do. But any meditation is good meditation. You just tr it, it, the, the point is you just try. There will be days where you will just not be able to focus as much, and that's absolutely fine. You just keep trying. You do the best you can, and you do the next. Uh, you do the same the next day. So once you get to the end point of your path of meditation, so I mentioned put a water bottle or a hoodie down to mark the end of your path, and that's I'd say anything. I think the best. I keep going back on this, but the best thing anything between twenty and fifty foot, because the problem is with being too short, is that you tend to by the time you finally got your feet with focusing, oh, it's suddenly time to turn around. Now turning around, you don't lose your focus. You keep. You keep in the meditation, but you just you notice you're intending to stop as you're getting towards it. You'll see that thought come up. You're like, okay, I've got to stop here. You stop with your feet together. You again bring your awareness back to the fact that you're standing. You then you make a mental note that you're intending to turn. You turn one step at a time. So you bring one foot out, turning, stop, and then you bring the other foot, turning, stop. And you'll see this on a video that I, I show you. And then you do another, that's a 90 degree turn. And you do another 90 de degree turn to face the way you came from. And you start again. I'm standing. Here we go with the walk. And you do that back and forth in that path you made until the timer goes off. 
Now, let's talk about coming out of meditation. So, there's a way to come out of meditation that will make it the most beneficial to you. Uh, and I think the way that is, is it's very tempting when you're in a meditation and you will have times where you just don't want to do it and you just, and me and myself, I'm just, I'm, I'm so distracted and all I can think about, I'm getting restless and I just want to get out of it. That's, it is hard. You will get days like that. And then the timer goes off or whatever and I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I just go back and I just live in my, go back to my own focus state. But the best way to do meditation is to try and keep that focus on everything as long as possible. You will naturally lose that focus as you're first doing it. You know, it's it's impossible really at this point to keep focused all the time. Like that's not the aim really. It's, it's to do the best you can. So come out of the meditation, but don't come out of the meditation. Like go, just go and go about your daily life and, and just try and keep as focused on your tasks as possible. And you'll notice the more you do meditation, the longer you can keep the focus up after you finish the meditation. So, and that's how you end. And again, there's all sorts of ways to end meditation. You can read up about yourself, but that's, I wanted to give you kind of the basic template. So to recap those meditations, sitting meditation, sit somewhere comfortable that's not too like slack but not too rigid, just nice and comfortable where you can be alert. Close your eyes, focus on this on the sensation of your breath going in and out. If you get distracted, absolutely fine. I'd be even willing to say good because that's your object to practice, that's something to practice with. Oh, and then and with the moment you realize you're distracted, you just gently bringing your attention back to the breath and think of bringing your attention back like when you see a small toddler who's like "Ooh, piece of candy ooh, piece of candy you're not going to be horrible to them you're not going to slap them and go get back in line although sadly i imagine there's i don't like to think there's parents who do that but my point is you wouldn't do that to a child really realistically you go oh yeah that's great but look at this you know you know some of you listening who have children you know there's way there's ways to bring their attention back you're like oh that's great but look at this and then you bring it back you kind of do that got to do that little here kitty kitty kind of thing you just go okay that's great but let's bring our attention back to the breath and then you just give yourself that deep breath to reward yourself to remind your mind that it's a good thing to be focused back on the breath and you will do that many times many 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 times but that's the practice you're building that skill you're building that muscle of bringing your mind back gently never ever force your mind to come back never just go no 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 don't do that come back here and come back here and it's tempting to sometimes do that but the problem with that is you're just going to make your mind more and more disturbed you know you're just going to disturb it um and through practice you will find this will get easier this will become a bit more natural and um it does take time so that's sitting meditation and once your timer goes off you know, keep with open your eyes gently, keep in that spirit of meditation, keep in that focus. You will find naturally that the focus kind of lasts a while anyway, but just try and keep that up, up as much as possible. Um, if you do like an hour, try to do an hour session, you might do 30 minutes sitting and then go straight into 30 minutes of walking, which I've done a few times before. Walking meditation, you start standing, bring your focus 45 degrees angle downwards, so you're just focusing on the path ahead of you. Uh, set a timer, set a little path point. Uh, you can even mentally just note it. Like in my room, for example, it'd be like a dresser and it'd be like uh, like a cupboard on the other end and I just mark those two in my head as the end points. I then start doing gentle walking. Don't take huge strides. Don't, don't take like really big normal walking steps. Um, take little kind of steps at a time again, like a penguin, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to try and picture it without the waddling. Um, focus on the sensation of your foot each time. Um, right goes with us. Left goes with us. Right goes with us. Left goes with us. 
Again, if you get distracted, that's absolutely fine. Gently bring it back to the sensation on your feet. And just keep doing that till your timer goes off. Again, come out that meditation with that focus, which you'll find naturally, and then carry on. And what I like to do after walking meditation, particularly if I finish on it, is I go back to a normal, I, I slowly go back to a normal walking pace if I'm outside and need to go somewhere and try and keep focused on my feet as much as possible. A little harder to do because I'm walking a bit faster and I'm, I'm a bit of a walk faster, uh, a faster walker even. Anyway, but um, just keep trying to keep the focus on that. So that's a meditation practice and through through showing you how to do meditation or telling you and giving you an example of how to do meditation, you can kind of see the benefits in that. So let's go back to that bad food example. So what you start to notice is, and going further into how it works, is that you're sharpening an awareness, you're sharpening a focus, you're practicing getting used to distraction, not seeing them as some horrible enemy that you must force out your head. You see them, that's absolutely fine, bring it back to this. And over time, what you'll start to notice naturally, and it takes time, you know, I'm talking months and years here, I'm not talking days, I'm talking a while, just keep practicing. And trust me, when you start seeing the benefits, it'll motivate you more to do it. Um, you will find you'll notice things you didn't notice before. So, for example, I'd come out of meditation and something would happen which would normally annoy me, but in the kind of a meditation state or meditative state, I would go, ah, I feel that annoyance. I see it. I see it arising because that's why distractions in meditation are good because you see things come up and what you will notice, the aim isn't necessarily... 100% to keep focused. The point is you'll start to see thoughts come in on a deeper level. You'll start to see things. I'll, I'll give you the weirdest example after I explain this. Um, so I, I'd be annoyed about something. I'd see it and I'd go, ah, I'm going to annoy. That's going to affect my mood because I'm going to start diving into that and really taking it seriously when I, when actually through meditation, I know it's going to pass away because I've seen it when I've been practicing meditation, I've seen something like that come up before and I've seen it pass away on its own. So that's when in normal life I go, ah, I see that. That's temporary. Don't get involved. And then I, I throw it out and then I've avoided that bad mood altogether. So it allows you that control, as I've mentioned. So to give you an example of some weird experiences, um, very, very strange. I don't know how or why this came to me, but I was doing, I think it was during a meditation retreat. And meditation retreats, you do very, very intense meditation where you do, you know, up to, um, well, the, the the retreats I was doing was it were in Buddhist monasteries and some of the strictest monasteries in the world. So I do eight hour a day meditations, not all in one go. You'd break it up, of course. But I would notice I, for some reason, I think the move Disney movie Dumbo came to my head. And I remember those, there's a, there's a bit at the end that, that came to me where the birds help, these little birds, these singing birds that help Dumbo get reunited with his mother. And I remember them, they were singing these tunes that I always liked like the sound of, and I associated it with Dumbo having a happy ending. So I noticed one of my favourite styles of music is reggae, and I listened to an artist called Toots and the Maytals, and a lot of their music almost in a way, at least in my head, sounded like some of the choruses those birds were singing. So 
in my mind, I saw that naturally I grew into liking some of their music because it reminds me of those birds in Dumbo's and what they in Dumbo and what they were singing. Because I associated that with the good feeling of being reunited with the mother, and I just thought that was the weirdest thing to realize. Because all you know, you never really know why sometimes you like things. You have an idea, but you never really know what could cause you to like that. But that's just an example of. Something I've seen on a deeper perspective during a meditative state is that I've just gone, oh, wow, that's why. And it's and of course, you don't cling to that. You bring it back to your focus. But I, that always stuck with me because it was amazing how I could just see that was. And who knows? I mean, who, who knows what's true and what's not, but uh, in regards to things you can see in your head. But I just thought that was just a funny little gimmick that I just saw. You just, I just saw these things on a deeper level. And again, always think back to the food analogy. There will be things that you engage in, like anger, actually. You'll notice that when you're angry, it's it's very... It feels amazing to, like, swear or, or even, you know, if if you don't have as much control over your anger, to throw things across the wall, to shout at people, to take it out on other people... And you'll start to notice, and you don't have to even force to think about it, you'll notice that that behaviour doesn't actually do anything. It You think it gets rid of your stress, but what it actually does is that, especially if you're like taking your anger out on other people, is that it just, it just kind of destroys other relationships that you have, and it, you feel a bit stupid afterwards. And then you realise that you have no reason to keep it, so you let it go. And that's how letting go works, as I've mentioned. It's not something that's willful you know people say i'll let it go and it's like well i want to let it go but how do i do that it's when because when you find something that you need to let go it's causing you problems like it could be anything like a a toxic relationship or it could just be a habit you have or even something that's junk food and you know it's bad for you but you can't help yourself it's because your brain still truly believes there's there's great things to come out of that it's only when you look deeper and you have to prove to your own minds that there's no good to come out of that. That's how you start to let go of things. So there we go. So that's really how meditation works. It's a practice. It's a skill that is built over time. It's not easy to do. And, you know, it, it does teach you patience a lot because you have to be patient with yourself um, and you will get distracted more days than others. It's not about having a perfect practice. It's just having a meditation practice. It's not, not forget the word perfect. There's no such thing. It's about having a practice in the first place. And I think I will finish on some of the things your mind will come up with and things that will arise. Um, now, it's very normal to see something that comes up in your head that's a weird thought. You might have a violent thought or you might have a sexual thought or you might have something which it's almost like you have to hide it because you feel like if anyone knew you were thinking that, oh, no one would ever speak to you, you'd be outcast. So, and I find this particularly with OCD, which is something I suffer from, it's very normal to get intrusive thoughts that are not something you'd ever think in a million years, but, you know, in your head, you're thinking, if I think that, I must be a terrible person. But that's the worst thing to think. It's nothing, that's how our minds work. It's actually normal to have thoughts of things like murder, um, sexual things, no matter how weird or unweird they are. Um, it's very normal to think suicidal thoughts. It's normal normal to think bad things about yourself. But that's your mind just having activity. It doesn't mean anything. And this is the thing. We take 
everything in our heads so seriously, so seriously. And what meditation teaches you is that they are just another a little ripple in the current, in the big lake of your of your mind, if you wanted to make an analogy out of it. They arise and they pass away. They are nothing worth hanging on to because they, they just come and they go. And it's it takes time to get comfortable with your own mind. And it sounds weird to say that, but I find that's why a lot of people don't like to face themselves because they don't like to face what they've done in the past. They don't like to face how they feel. But and it was even Ajahn Chah, a very famous Thai monk, who said, facing yourself for the first time is like running into a raging storm. It's quite normal at first to completely despair and even to want to kill oneself. It's it's horrible. When you first face yourself and all the things going in your mind and you think all these kind of things, it's okay. But once you practice meditation, you realize like the cars on the motorway or the highway, you start to realize that they are just passing events and they will go away. You, We've all been in these terrible moods or we've been in these horrible places you know we all go we all have times in our lives we're in a bad place we feel we'll never be cheerful again and as ron weasley says in one of the harry potter movies he's like with the when he meets the dementor for the first time and he goes i felt weird though i felt like i'd never be cheerful again interesting enough the dementors were a jk rowling's kind of interpretation of her own depression so i heard but again not to go off on a tangent but the point is you you we all have moments where we feel like we'd never be cheerful again but then you re- next day you are cheerful but you've forgotten how you felt the previous day now with meditation it expands your attention span of your own head so you go ah oh, i thought i would never be cheerful again yesterday but today i'm bright as a button so what you do you take you, you develop more control because you, your thoughts have less power over you and your feelings have less power your emotions have less power because you realize that they have no power within themselves it's only when you've absolutely entangled with them and believe them to be just oh absolute that's where it goes in and of course if you want to look into things like buddhist meditation and again, uh, Buddhism is quite a large religion, but um, it can be. Pra- it, you don't have to be religious to practice that. It's a, it's a practical. You can be atheist and Buddhist. You can be Muslim or Christian and Buddhist or whatever. It's a practice. And if you look deeper into Buddhist meditation, it goes way, way deeper into that, and it goes into identity and things like that. So if you are interested in that. Um, it is something you can have a look into as well. The link I'll put in the description um, will be a walking meditation guide and also find a sitting one as well. There are very popular apps like Headspace and Calm. I actually haven't tried any of these, but I've seen a lot of the adverts on Headspace and they describe meditation perfectly, in my opinion. So have a go at those. Um, see see what you think and if you do find any success with them feel free to comment on uh, this this podcast if you're listening on podbean you can i believe you can leave comments uh have a read or just or just give us an email on selfhelpplace.com let me know how you get on with them um because i'd like to hear your, your experience with them really and just see how they've worked for yourself okay so that's everything and just to to finish off on a a very very final uh very final note At the time of recording, uh, the world's in a bit of a grim place. We have the COVID-19 pandemic, which is all in swings and roundabouts, uh, with lockdowns lifting and maybe not lifting, cases back on the rise again, cases reducing, and we're all a bit confused about that. Of course, there's the protests going on about the very, very important subject of Black Lives Matter, um, which is about, you know, the the racial prejudice. 
sorry, the racial prejudice that, that we've seen throughout the world, where, to be honest, it is something that needs, that had been needed to be looked at for a very, very long time. And hence why, you know, it's, it's kind of blown a casket now because everyone's just so sick of it. This is a conversation, of course, for a, well, it's a, a conversation for another time and another place. But to bring it home to what I'm talking about today, in a world where everything seems a bit grim, it's very, very easy to not feel good a lot of the time, if not most of the time. Please remember that your own self, looking after yourself, your own self-regulation and the balance that you have is very, very important. So it's very important. Make sure you look after yourselves. Through meditation, you can develop a better understanding of yourself. You can develop a better understanding of people through that. And maybe, we just maybe, we can create a more compassionate space to to be around, especially with everything going on at the minute. Um, so it's important to look after yourself, look after other people, and uh, it's just about staying safe uh, as well. So meditation, I highly recommend personally. And uh, try it, see what you think. And if you like it, keep it up every day. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Um, again, these posts have gone down due to my current situation. They've gone down to once a week. So you will find a new podcast posted every Saturday. So stay tuned. Subscribe on the website if you haven't done already. Just visit theselfhelpplace.com and subscribe on the forms there. Uh, in the meantime, I shall speak to you again in another episode next Saturday. Thanks very much and bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. Please visit the website theselfhelpplace.com for more information.